0: Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born of Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, For such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Good morning. Welcome to 514, welcome to everyone who's watching online, Uh, I'm Carmen, Uh, my head was on fire in that video, every time I see it it weirds me out for a second, I felt like my hair was on fire this week, Um, it's just been one of those weeks for me, okay, so since I'm up here and I'm speaking today, can I take just a minute and just give you a little bit of my week, yeah? Here we go. Uh, even if you don't want it, you're gonna, you're gonna get it right now. So, my husband travels for work, which woe is me, right? A lot of people have traveling husbands. It's not a big deal. You guys can tell me to get perspective, but he's been, a gone, he's been gone today for 11, 11 days. And that's all fine and dandy, except that um, when he leaves, someone still has to take care of these little precious people. So, we have three kids um, Scarlett, <laughs> Lyndon, and Mac. Look at Mac's face. Ah, six, four, and two, and they're awesome, and they keep me company when dad's gone for 11 days, uh, and there are plenty to take care of, but this week what happened over this 11-day stretch is um, Lyndon started in uh, with the flu, so not, not just one, but then Mac carried on, two, and then Scarlet three. <sighs> so in 11 days when dad has been gone, all three of my kids came down with the flu, guess who did not get the flu? This woman right here, that's right. Yep, 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 yep. Mama did not get the flu, and so I need some positive, like, vibes and energy today because we made it to Sunday at 514 Church. Yes, we did. And I am excited to be here today. I'm excited to be teaching you guys week three of Toss It to the Dogs, this amazing series uh, that we have been unpacking the the book of Mark throughout, and it's so cool to see what Jesus was up to. And so here's what I need. I need everyone to get some energy and pep in their step, and we're going to stand up. And we're gonna read this amazing piece of scripture that I'm gonna be teaching from today. It's found in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 27. I'm gonna read it out loud. You guys can follow along. Here we go. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. Pray with me for just a second. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Sunday. Oh, thank you for today. Thank you, the sun is shining. Thank you for 514 Church and all of these people who are here in this moment. God, we pray that we would learn something today about you, that you would reveal yourself to us today in a very, very real way, that we would be changed, God, by the truth of your word and your Holy Spirit, and what we can learn from you. And God, we just love you. We thank you that you are a God who loves us, who cares for us, who wants to be near to us. We worship you today, and everyone said amen. Have a seat. Uh, Today's message is called Caught in the Middle. Caught in the Middle, I want you really quickly just turn to your neighbor on your side and say hey, I'm caught in the middle. That's right. So I don't think I'm the only one, but I know for sure that I am caught in the middle sometimes um, because this is a piece of who I am. This is like a piece of my personality. So I can very, very easily see both sides of a story or a point of view. I can argue emphatically for one side and then literally the next minute argue emphatically for the other side. Uh, I feel tugged in two directions at the same time, and so it just leaves me at times feeling stuck and feeling caught in the middle. Um, I like to call this little, you know, piece of who I am being well-rounded or flexible, adaptable, easygoing, okay, um, you know, all of these wonderful things, but People I love dearly, they, they tell me that it, it, it's, it means I'm difficult and I'm unclear and I'm hard to read and I'm indecisive and I'm wishy-washy and I'm annoying. I don't know what's wrong with these people, okay? But that's what I get told and I've just learned to accept it. This is who I am. I sometimes am just caught right in the middle, okay? And uh, I have done this whole caught in the middle business quite a bit growing up. Um, One experience that is etched into my mind that I now recall as um, a very traumatic experience due to my indecisiveness, okay, Uh, it was prom, Mm. prom, 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 or any formal dance for that matter. Let's not exclude all the other ones, okay. And so what I would do, I would have a really hard time narrowing down the prom dress, okay, okay. And so the picking out of the prom dress would be the most uh, dramatic, painful, exhausting, or exhilarating, if you ask me, experience. And not just for me. No, no, no. No, no. I would make my entire family of six suffer through it with me. And so what happens is I, I would just want to change my mind down to the very last minute. It drove my parents absolutely nuts, especially my dad. Oh, my gosh. Because Um, I would have five minutes to leave and I would look in the mirror and I would stare at myself and I would get this look of disgust. I would say, oh my gosh, I hate what I'm wearing. I literally hate this dress so much. I am not wearing this. I need to find another dress. And ladies, if you've ever been in that position, you know that things start to become a little chaotic, just a little bit frenzied, right? And so I'd be running around and dresses would be, you know, thrown and tears were shed and humans were definitely harmed because I was caught in the middle and I had to find another dress to wear. And my dad would do something that no 16-year-old could could hear. He would say this phrase to me that no 16-year-old could hear in such a moment as this. He would look at me as I am in my great dress debate and he would say to me, hey, Carmen, I just want to tell you, by the way, honey, um, it really doesn't matter what dress you wear. Mm. What'd you just say? Carmen, it, just, it doesn't matter what dress you wear. And I, w- I would literally whip my head around at him and I would say, oh dad, oh this matters. My entire existence is riding on this moment right here of what dress I decide to wear and how my hair falls with it and how it looks with my shoes and how I match my prom date. Don't you dare tell me that it doesn't matter. That's how it went every time. Sounds fun, right? Good thing I wasn't your daughter. Um, I do this now, where I find myself being caught in the middle now is with my, my kids very specifically on uh, trying to, so- to decide what's smart to do with them and what's not. That fine line, parents, between bravery and stupidity, if you know what I'm talking about. I have such high hopes, um, specifically for things, you know, going to restaurants or going to an event or going to a store, and I have high hopes. I think, oh, this is going to go so well, and it quickly fades to, oh, my gosh, this was the worst idea I've ever had. Case in point, Costco. Mm -hmm. I went to Costco with my two-year-old, Mac, that cute little one. Yeah, he's not so cute. We went to Costco, and Mac in Costco, he demands to push the shopping cart. Okay, everything in Costco is jumbo size, including the shopping carts. No two-year-old can push the double jumbo Costco shopping cart. And so I tell him, Mac, you cannot push the shopping cart. And you know what he does? He starts to do the thing where he He screams. It's not just like, ah, no, no, no. He screams at this octave in this pitch that is so high. It is so dangerous to your eardrum. It feels like it's going to burst. And the more I say, stop screaming, he just gets higher. And so I'm saying no, and he's screaming higher. And then what he decides to do, By mind you, we are in like the aisle, you know, the aisle in Costco. Everyone's trying to get to their jumbo product. We are in that aisle stopping traffic. So now people are mad. He just flops himself onto the ground like this and he starts this like swimming hysterical motion on the floor at Costco. And I realize in that moment I'm caught in the middle. And my husband, bless his heart, he he texted me the other day, he said, hey, I wanna take the kids to an Ohio State basketball game. Is that too bold? I said, absolutely. I said, do not do that. I highly, highly recommend you do not take them by yourself because I had a work event. He doesn't care. He takes them anyways. Mm-mm, his fault. Um, he said he wanted to make memories. I said, oh honey, you'll make memories? Absolutely, memories, yes, you'll make them. So he takes them and I get the first text. Hey, good news, we got really good seats. We are literally the first row behind the announcer's bench. I thought, ooh, this sounds cool. Second text, bad news, this isn't going so great. Mac won't sit. I thought, yeah, exactly, this is, ugh, this is why it's a horrible idea. He won't sit, he wants to stand on the floor or on my legs, there's just no room. He has hit the announcer who is announcing the plays of the game and the players' names about 10 times in the back. Then I get a text from a friend who's watching this game on TV because they were, they were very visible from people's televisions, okay, and this was the scene that I got, <laughs> this is my husband. This is said son who it looks like he's about to lurch forward. They look like they're having a great time. Here's a question. Where's my other daughter? I don't know. I have one. Here's one. Where's the other little blonde one? Here's the announcer. He's probably like, get me out of here. Someone's kicking me. Caught in the middle. And then he sends me this picture which, honestly, I truly sympathize for my little boy because he wants to like you crazy Buckeyes mascot. He wants to be excited about it, but when it looks the way it looks, this is how you feel. (laughs) Oh, buddy, he is caught in the middle. I think we do this. I think we're caught in the middle with little things in life, but then I think we're caught in the middle with big things, with things that really, really matter. Um, we get caught when it comes to making you know, a, a very big life altering decision, we see both sides of it and sometimes we feel paralyzed, which way do we go? We get caught in the middle when it comes to making a move in a relationship, like should I ask them on a date, should I not? Should I go have that hard conversation? Um, What if I do and the relationship ends? What if I don't and things never change? I think we get caught in the middle when it comes to making a move in our career. Maybe we want to quit our job or chase a dream or start a business, but then doubt and fear creep in and it leaves us feeling caught and stuck. I think we're stuck in the middle sometimes with things that we know, things we know we should do or we should think But it's the opposite of what we feel. It's the opposite of what we want to do. And so it's, you know, what we know versus what we want and we just feel stuck. We're caught in the middle in life and then I think that we're caught in the middle in our faith and that's what you see in this story with this father. Have you ever felt stuck a little bit in your faith? Have you ever felt caught in the middle in your faith? Uh, Maybe you feel you're stuck because you should have more answers. Or you should be further along in your faith journey or maybe you have doubts and you go, man, these doubts, these fears, they just make me feel stuck. Or maybe you've felt guilt before for something that you've done and you go, man, I don't think this is going to let me move forward. Or you have a past mistake that defines you in a way that is hard to move forward and follow Jesus the way you think you need to. Maybe you felt stuck with an unanswered prayer or request to God. You feel like you've been praying and asking for the same thing over and over again, and you feel like on the other side it's just silence, and you're just stuck. You're caught in the middle. I've been caught in the middle in my faith many times. Um, typically for me, it's it's caught in the middle between things I know but I don't feel. Man, I I know the scriptures, I know what Jesus says, I know that I'm supposed to view trials and tribulations as joy, but man, I don't feel joy right now. I know I'm always supposed to be valuable in love, but I don't feel valuable right now. And that's what we see with this father and this story. Um, He's wrestling with being caught in the middle, specifically with this right here, with doubt. He comes to Jesus in this absolutely desperate state and instead of hiding his doubts and fears, he has this interaction where he just calls them out right in front of Jesus. He says, Jesus, I'm caught in the middle. I believe you can help me. I believe you have power. I believe you could meet me in my struggle. But Jesus, you know what? I also have some serious doubts. I feel completely stuck and caught in the middle and I need help. And so today, I wanna zoom in. I wanna look at this story, this interaction that Mark wrote down between Jesus Jesus. And this, Father, I want to teach you some things that I think will be helpful to you. Here's why. Because they have helped me. And I believe that this story shows us some amazing ways that we can navigate. Navigate when we're caught in the middle. Uh, There are things that we deal with and struggles we face. And today I want to show you that Jesus, you know what he does? He meets us right in the middle of those. He doesn't say, I'm just going to abandon you and let you figure this out on your own. No, he does the opposite. He joins us. And he says, when you don't know which way to turn and you don't know what to do, I came to help you. I came to help you navigate that pain or take that leap of faith or deal with those um, circumstances that you're in right now because I have a different life for you that you can experience right now as you're caught in the middle. And so right now, I want you to think, right today, what are you caught in the middle between? What do you feel stuck in? Is it a situation? Is it doubt Is it fear, is it an unfulfilled dream? Is it a struggle, is it a season of life that you're in right now where you just feel so much unrest and you feel lost? Jesus provides perspective, not just to get out of the middle, but to thrive in the middle. I have things in my own life where I go, man, I want out of this. I want self-control, I want courage to do something different, I don't wanna be caught in the middle. And I want to look at this story because I think it provides some amazing ways for us to navigate being caught in the middle. And sometimes Jesus, he does, he provides a way out. But at times he says, you're stuck and you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you. I'm going to meet you right when you're stuck and I'm going to give you some hope for you to be able to navigate the middle. And so here's what I want everyone to do. I want you to write down these four ways, four ways that we can navigate being caught in the middle, if you have a notebook, pull it out. Does anyone bring a notebook to church? Oh my gosh, I see three notebooks. <laughs> Woo! You also can use your phone, and you can bring out your notes, and I also put an emoji with every single one of these so that I could be tech savvy, okay? So the least you can do is just write down four emojis and hopefully you'll remember these points. Um, I believe today that Jesus could, could uh, say something to you that could change your life through one of these ways. And so let's go. Here we go. The first way that we navigate <coughs> being caught in the middle and experience what Jesus has for us is this. We view our doubts as the doorway to dependence. I got a little door for you, okay. We view our doubts as the doorway to dependence. Oftentimes, doubts are looked upon so negatively. And uh, typically, though, we, we doubt before we depend on something, But I believe our doubts can actually cause us to dig deeper and to ask questions and to find answers that can lead to dependence. Um, One thing in my life that I have had serious doubts about is flying, okay? I do not like to fly on airplanes. I have gotten so much better about it. But I am still a somewhat anxious flyer. And I had this idea that every plane I would get on, that plane was gonna crash. Seriously, my theory, Proven incorrect because here I am. I'm standing here today and I've flown. But that's what I thought. And I'm a really annoying flyer. Oh, you know the people who sit next to you during a movie and they ask you questions the entire time? You know? And you kind of want to hit them because it's annoying. That's what I do on flights. I sit next to whoever is next to me. I don't care if I don't know you. And I ask you questions. I ask what that noise is and why the plane turned and what is going on and what the pilot just said. Why is this, you know, turn your seatbelt sign on? What is going on? Why is the flight attendant up? I mean, constant questions. Oh, I'm on. This this feels really good actually. I absolutely love this one. So I'm going to I'm going to go with this one though until I need this one. <laughs> so, I also though, I was just going to share a vulnerable moment. You guys couldn't even hear me. I said that I'm also the one who asks questions during movies. I am just annoying as I'll get out. So what I started to do with my doubts about flying, I started to look into them. Seriously, I really did. I started to dig deeper into them a little bit. And um what I found, and many of you know this, is that even despite some recent very tragic plane crashes, that flying is the safest way to travel, that your chances of dying in a plane crash are 1 in 11 million, that you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. Those are all facts, straight from, straight from Google, <laughs> the gooks. I did some serious, intense research, and that's what I found. And you know what has happened, though, seriously, is my doubts about flying have lessened and my dependence on flying being the safest way to travel have risen. That's exactly what's happened. And I believe that it's the same with Jesus. It really is. We have doubts, but our doubts can lead us to dig deep. Our doubts can lead us to ask questions that can in fact lead us to depending on Jesus like never before. I wanna remind you today that your doubts, your fears, your deficiencies, do you know this, that they do not scare Jesus? That nothing you fear, nothing you doubt is bigger than Jesus. He actually says to us, hey, those don't have to rule you. Those don't have to hold you back. Those don't have to define you. Because I'm bigger than any doubt you have. No experience, nothing you feel can ever be more powerful than me. And you know what you can do? You can take those and you can start to depend on me. Every time we see a doubt, every time. We need to see it as a sign that it's time to start depending on something other than ourselves when we're caught in the middle. The beautiful piece you see in this story is that Jesus doesn't say you have to have it all figured out, thank God, right? He does not say you have to be doubt free in order to be a part of what I'm doing. He actually shows the opposites. He hears his father's doubts and says anyone who has even a little faith in a lot of doubt Anyone who has even, you know, a little belief but a lot of fears or hesitancies, guess what? You can come to me. You can depend upon me. This father, go there. He has real doubts, man. He's been watching his child suffer for so long. And finding no answers, finding no relief, I bet he's at the end of his rope, so to speak, And I can't imagine how ready he is to depend on something other than himself. Jesus came to take our doubts and turn them into opportunities to depend on him when we're caught in the middle. In verse 22, the father, I love this, he says, but if you can Do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus looks at him, if you can. I mean, he mocks him. This is so good. Everything is possible for one who believes. Jesus is saying, do you understand who you're talking to? Do you understand who you're talking to? Oh, your doubt, it's not bigger than me. That experience you feel, it's not greater than me. I can take your doubts and I can turn them into a way that you can depend on me, it's an opportunity, it's a doorway to depend on me. I promise you, if we start to do this, your life will change, your life will change when you start to depend on Jesus in this way. A second way that we navigate being caught in the middle is we lean into this truth in the middle, we can watch Jesus take our vulnerability and show his ability. The father and the story, he has this very raw, real moment of vulnerability where instead of hiding his weaknesses or his doubts or his insecurities, he does this. He literally takes a flashlight, he turns it on and he goes, here you go, Jesus, I'm just gonna shine a light on my brokenness and my weakness. Can you imagine doing that? He says, I'm not, I'm caught in the middle. I'm not gonna fake it anymore. We struggle to be real, don't we? I mean, I know I struggle to be real at times, but can you imagine doing that in front of Jesus? We struggle to tell our spouse or our best friend our weaknesses. Imagine going to Jesus in an entire crowd of people And saying, hey, Jesus, I'm going to shine a light on something. I'm going to get really real and really vulnerable for a second. I'm going to share something with you that I'm not necessarily proud of. And no, I don't necessarily want to be known for it. But guess what, Jesus? It's real. It's honest. It's a piece of this for me. I'm really, really struggling with doubt and trusting you. And I love it. He just does this. He shines a light and he gets vulnerable at Jesus. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, here it comes. I do believe, but hey, here we are. Help me with my unbelief. Hey, I'm 50-50. I believe, Jesus, that you have power, but I'm caught in the middle. I believe that you can heal my son. I believe that you could help me, but I have doubts and I'm weak. And that's the truth. And the amazing moment and the stories that this father does, but sometimes we forget to do. Because we show vulnerability when we're in the middle, Jesus will show his ability. And he does this, it's so beautiful. He asks for help. He goes to Jesus in this moment and he asks him for help. H E L P. And again, a huge theme we see in the book of Mark is. Jesus doesn't say you have to have all the answers. You don't have to have everything figured out. You can actually come to me empty and void and having no solution at all. And guess what? You can ask me for help. That's what you can do. Because more than anything that you can look to to fill your void or help you with a real solution, the only true and ultimate help comes from Jesus when we are caught in the middle. I think there are times where we need to go to Jesus, completely broken and empty and not sure what to do and completely caught in the middle, and we need to say these words right here. These are two words that I say in my prayer life, probably more than any two words, and uh, I have whispered them, I have cried them, I have shouted them, and they are not fancy. Oh, they are not profound. They are not deep. It's this right here. It's this right here. Help me. Help me. Jesus, help me. I literally get in a posture like this and I start saying, Jesus, I need you to help me with my sick kids. Jesus, I need you to help me with my pain. I need you to help me with my doubts. I need you to help me with this relationship. I need you to help me with what to say. I need you to help me with what to do. Jesus, I don't know what to do. I'm caught in the middle and I need you to help. Me. And the only true help, the only true relief, the only true piece of hope comes from when I let go of being in control. I let go of trying to keep everything afloat and trying to juggle all of my plates. And I go to Jesus in this moment of real brokenness and real emptiness and real vulnerability. And I say, Jesus, you have to help me. I'm caught in the middle. And when I do this, when my heart is in the right place, um, when it's truly vulnerable and I'm truly broken, you know what I feel like Jesus says to me every single time? Hey, Carmen, finally. (laughs) Finally, what have you been waiting for? I'm here I've been ready for your vulnerability so I can show my ability. Finally, you came to me. I'm the only one who can provide you help. I'm the only one who's gonna have you get out of this situation, who's gonna show you a different way. I'm the only one who can actually help you when you're caught in the middle. You just needed to turn your flashlight on so then I could show you the way. I love this wisdom in Proverbs. 16.9, it says that we plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. How true is this? Man, we have these grand plans for our lives and what we're gonna do and what we wanna do. You know, God laughs at us. He is the only one who's gonna make us able to do it. And I believe that it starts when we are caught in the middle with showing true vulnerability and watching Jesus show his ability. What are you caught in? What can you do this week? I want to challenge every single person in here to go to Jesus this week and start to ask for help. Say, help me. Watch your life be transformed when you start to show vulnerability. You will see Jesus' ability like never before when we do this. I think at times in life we have expectations and it's really great when our expectations are met, isn't it? It's really great. But then have you ever been in a situation where you have expectations and they don't get met but they, they get exceeded? It's just way above what you thought was going to happen and you're like, whoa, this was totally amazing. Um, this happens for me when I go to North Star, Okay. You guys just need to do this, and if you, if you haven't had what I'm going to tell you to go have, then you can go today, and you can tell them you're going to charge Joel's account, and it's going to be totally fine, okay? Um, the pancakes at North Star are on another level, all right? So you, you like pancakes because pancakes are good. I mean, you just can't argue with that. They're this fluffy breakfast treat that they're just amazing, but then you go to North Star and, and you look at the menu and you read that it says there's ricotta cheese stuffed into these pancakes. And you go, well, that sounds interesting. Then not you see that they're called the Cloud Nine pancakes? That is for a reason. And you take a bite of North Star pancakes and your expectation for a pancake, I promise, it will not be met. It will be exceeded. You will lose your mind over how good these freak, freaking pancakes are. Please go do it today, okay? You will thank me later. Do you know the king of not just meeting our expectations but exceeding our expectations is Jesus? This father in Mark is caught in the middle, and he watches Jesus do something absolutely incredible. He had this request for Jesus to heal his son, to show up in this very real, this very tangible way. His son is speechless. He cannot talk. He is deaf, and he is possessed by an evil spirit. I know to us today, we go, that sounds so weird. You're right. It absolutely does. But just think about that for a second. This boy cannot speak he is possessed by a spirit that is basically trying to kill him and this has been going on for time and time and time this father is desperate and we see Jesus do something so amazing when we're navigating being caught in the middle we see him give us some pancakes we see Jesus exceed our expectations not just meet them He takes this father's desperate plea of help. Can you help me, Jesus? I am caught in the middle. And Jesus says, I'm going to see right through your middle, and I'm going to show up in a big way. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually heal your son. It says in verse 27, the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, oh, he's dead. Jesus took him by the hand, though. He helped him to his feet and he stood up. Jesus takes this father's doubts and his desperation and he blows his mind. He says, I'm not just gonna help you, I'm gonna go fully heal your son. And by the way, this isn't even what really matters. Everyone thought your son was dead and then they I brought him back to life, but that healing, that's just your basic good pancake. That's just your Bob Evans pancake. Because really, what I'm gonna do is like your son appeared to be dead and then I brought him back to life. Well, I'm gonna actually go die. I'm gonna actually come back to life. I'm gonna actually take on the sin of every single human being so that not just today looks different for you and your circumstances in this moment, but so that every single day, for the rest of eternity looks different for you that's a ricotta cheese north star pancake baby i'm gonna take your expectations i'm gonna blow them out of the water oh you have a request for me you want me to help you well, i'm not just gonna meet your expectations i'm a god who far exceeds your expectations when you're caught in the middle I'm up to more than you can imagine, that you can dream of, that you can comprehend. This is the theme of this entire series, Toss It to the Dogs. Jesus is giving us way more than we bargained for. He's giving us way more than we deserved and we go to Jesus with our expectations. Oh, we say, Jesus, can you do this and you, can you provide this? And I wanna tell you, friends, today that Jesus may not meet your expectations exactly the way you and I want him to. Or exactly the way you and I think he should. But I promise that Jesus is up to way, way more. He's up to way more than we can see. And he doesn't come to heal things temporarily and just meet our little expectations. No, he's going to come and heal things fully. And he's going to exceed our expectations. We ought to be people who walk around knowing, living, and breathing this truth. We ought to be people The other ones look at and they go, what is up with them? Why are they so joyful? Why do they have so much hope? Why are they so different? It's because we know this. It's because we serve a God who doesn't meet expectations. He exceeds them. And even though he doesn't do it right now, he's going to someday. And we have that promise. We have that hope. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us to remind us of that. That is perspective, friends, that will change your lives, and it will change the lives of others around you. It's amazing what Jesus has done for us. And we ought to be people who walk around (laughs) knowing, expecting that Jesus is up to way, way more, because he actually is. We have a Jesus, man, he does not meet? He exceeds our expectations. And the final way we navigate being caught in the middle is to keep this truth right here at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. And it's that we will find rest when we leave the rest up to Jesus today. I want to remind you, I want to remind myself that you don't have to feel the pressure of being caught in the middle Because it's exactly where Jesus meets us. He says to every single one of us, you can come to me broken and worn down. You can come to me worked up or confused. You can come to me any way you want or any time that you want or with any doubt that you have and you can give me your really broken, messy rest, whatever that stuff is, and you can give it to me. I'll take it. I'll handle it. And guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take that rest and I'm gonna give you actual rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, come to me. Oh, this is so beautiful. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Is anyone today weary? Man, is anyone today burdened? Do you know Jesus says these words, he says them to us today, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will provide you with something that you don't even know you need, and it can only come from me. But you got to just give me your rest, and I'll give you true rest. You lay your head down at night on that emoji bed, and you think that's where you're going to get rest. No, no, no. That's not the kind of rest I'm talking about. I'm talking about a rest that is in your soul. That's what Jesus does. And I believe he's saying to all of us today, you can stop wearing yourself out being so caught in the middle because ultimately, do you know what I did? Jesus says, he says, I took out the middle. Oh yes, I hung on a cross in the middle of, guess what, two criminals who were actually guilty, who actually deserved it. I didn't deserve it, but I stared the middle right in the face and I defeated any middle you could ever be caught in, in any middle that you could ever be stuck in. I took it and I just destroyed it. So man, you want rest? Oh. You can come to me with your little faith. You can come to me with your tired soul. You can come to me with your weary heart. You can come to me anyway, just as you are with all your mess, and just give it to me. I want to provide you with rest. I've talked with two people in the past two weeks who, man, you would say they are so caught in the middle, and they were caught in the middle. You hear their circumstances, and you go, man, I... I don't know how you're doing I literally looked at someone and I said, I don't know how you're living right now. I don't know how you're making it through. And I talked to someone and I said, I don't know how you got out of that situation. Someone told me on the phone this week that they are a miracle. It is a miracle that they are here. And it's because God got a hold of their hearts. And what they found is this right here. They found that God truly defeated the middle, the very middle that they're standing in. He already defeated it and he's providing them with rest that they don't understand and they can't explain, but it's giving them hope. It's giving them power, it's giving them strength to get up and take it a day at a time. And Jesus will do that for every single one of us. When I'm caught in the middle, I can watch Jesus take my doubt and turn it into a doorway to depend on him. I can have vulnerability moments where I shine a light on my weaknesses and I can see Jesus's ability when I have vulnerability and I can eat pancakes, man. I can watch Jesus not meet. Oh, he exceeds my expectations. And I can find rest when I leave the rest up to Jesus. I like to think of the boy in the story a couple years later. Think of him for a minute. I mean, he was speechless. Uh, he couldn't hear. He was filled with this horrible, powerful, evil spirit. I like to think of two years down the road. Can you imagine the way that he saw his father? Dad, oh, your unbelief. Dad, you're caught in the middle. You're one foot in and one foot out. And your doubt and your fears and your insecurities and your little faith, you just took it all to Jesus. And look at me now, Dad. I am healed. I am full. I have found freedom because you were caught in the middle and Jesus met you right there. Thank you. Today, whatever middle you're caught in, Jesus is faithful. You need to hear that. He is here and he is with you and he wants to provide for you and he wants to meet you in whatever middle that you can find yourself in. Emily and Lopez are gonna come out and sing a song that Kevin 514 Sound wrote. This song is so beautiful. I want you to hang tight because you have to hear this song. And in this song, it's all about depending on God when things are hard. The lyrics say, I'll look to you when the waves get higher. Believing in my heart that you will carry me through. What do you need Jesus to carry you through today? What do you need Jesus to carry you through today? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that, that you are a God who performs miracles. God, that you meet us wherever we're at when we're caught in the middle and we're stuck and we can't figure things out and we're empty and we're void of a solution and you go, that's exactly where I came. That's exactly what I came to do. I came to meet you right there. God, we worship you for that. Oh, we praise you for that. We say thank you that that's the kind of God that you are. God, I pray for every person in here for every soul, for every human in here that has something that they're caught in, that something that has a hold of their heart, that has worn them down. God, I pray that right now you would give them peace, that you would provide them with hope, that they would understand that rest comes from you and nowhere else, that you have a way for them, that you wanna exceed their expectations. And God, that you're with them. They can look to you. They can depend on you. God, remind us of that. God, we love you. We thank you for this amazing story and the way you speak to us still 2,000 years later. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.